All right, so I want to invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn over to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, we will be in Psalm 12. Psalm 12, as you know, as I've done several times since I've been with you here at Bible Fellowship Church, that occasionally we will preach through a psalm on the last Sunday of the month. That should have been last Sunday, but the Lord directed otherwise, and so we move Psalm 12 to this week. So I invite you to take your copy of God's Word, turn to Psalm chapter 12. I also invite you to take your bulletin and turn it to the back and maybe take a few notes as the Lord speaks. And remember the question we're going to be asking at the end is, what is one thing you're going to do this week based on what you learned from today's message? What is one thing you're going to do this week based on what you've learned from today's message. So we will read, you'll find these similar words in your copy of God's Word that you hold in your hands or on your phone. And let's read through this and then we will unpack and preach and teach it. So Psalm 12, the faithful have vanished to the choir master according to the Shemineth, a Psalm of David. Save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone, for the faithful have vanished from among the children of men. Everyone others lies to his neighbor. With flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that makes great boast. Those who say with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are with us. Who is the master over us? Because the poor are plundered, because the needy groan. I will now arise, says the Lord. I will place him in safety for which he longs. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. You, O Lord, will keep them. You will guard us from this generation forever. On every side the wicked prowl, as vileness is exalted among the children of men. And so, as we'll see, as we preach and teach through this particular psalm today, I want you to know first and foremost that this is a plea for deliverance. And for our guests this morning, or those who maybe don't pay attention other times that we've preached on a psalm, I just want to remind you that when I preach and teach through a psalm, it's a little bit different style of preaching and teaching. Um, One of the things I love about studying the psalms is there's so much packed within just a little bit. This book of Psalms was the original hymn book of the church. If you think that the song that we sang this morning or we sing sometimes is hard to sing, imagine if we just said open to Psalm 12 and we're going to sing that this morning. Right? So this was the original hymn book, the original song book of the people of God, of the nation of Israel. And so this morning, I want you to know that as we dive into Psalm 12, that it is a plea for deliverance. It is a complaint It is a complaint. David is, in essence, complaining to God. We see it. God, these lies, the deceptive, flattering speech, he's complaining. And one of the things that I noticed in Psalm 11, if I'm not mistaken, is one of the things that you will see as you read the psalmist, as you read the book of Psalms, is that the psalmist were raw and real with the Lord. So my question to you this morning is, how open are you when it comes to relating to God? Right? We see that in the book of Psalms. If you see how they're writing, David isn't holding back. He's letting God have it, if you will. He's saying, listen, these things are happening. And so the question, the first question I ask you this morning is, how open are you when it comes to relating to God? 
my faith in action study Bible said that human words have an effect, but they are not eternally effective. Amen. That's why we have to dig into the word of God. That's why we have to dig into the Word of God. Matthew Henry, as you know, is a, a Bible commentator. Uh, volumes and volumes written on um, just throughout the Bible. He says that this psalm furnishes good thoughts for bad times. Though we are false, God is faithful. That's what Matthew Henry said. Though we are false, God is faithful. Are you thankful for God's faithful this morning? Faithfulness this morning. I know one person who is. Ms. Lane said she came and she dropped off the deodorant that she was donating for United Ministries. She said, hey, I have a praise this morning. Amen. Well, what's your praise? And she said, in essence, you know, God had brought her daughter Cindy through a time of cancer before where she had a lot of things taken out. And she said, we were leaning back and we were trusting in his faithfulness. So we praise God with them this morning as well. So let's begin to walk through this psalm. So the ESV, that's what I preach and teach out of, the English Standard Version, it says to the choir master. Now the choir master would be in essence, he's talking to the director of music. He's talking to the worship leader. So this morning it'd be like me saying, hey, Miss Cindy, this is, this is directed to you according to the Sheminith. And so what is a Sheminith? A shimoneth is a musical term. It was an eight-string lyre, or in essence, a small harp. So when people want to harp about stringed instruments in the church, look at what they, they had harps. They had, you know, we have pianos and those things. And so they had musical instruments as they led people into worship. We see that this is a psalm of David. And so that's usually the inscription that is above these particular verses. It will tell you. And so this is particular psalm is a psalm of David. And so in verse 1, he says, save. Or in essence, he's saying, help, O Lord, for the godly one is gone. For the faithful have vanished among the children of men. And so that leads us to this question. Who is the godly one? Who is the godly one that David is speaking of here? He's speaking of the kind and the excellent saint. And then he tells us, oh Lord, for the godly one is gone. They're either gone because they were either slain or they were driven into exile. And as I began to read other Bible commentators, as I was trying to understand this particular psalm, one said, are they really gone? Are they really gone? I mean, one source said, we must allow for hyperbole. Right? And so then, well, what is hyperbole? It's an exaggerate, it's an exaggerate, exaggeration. Right? So it's like a mile, and I love the example that Merriam-Webster gave. Mile high ice cream cones. Right? So that's what hyperbole is. Is Are they really a mile high? No. But they were piled up. So we have to allow for hyperbole. Also, a really quick side note, as I was reading through that particular entry of what hyperbole was, it says that it comes from, it was Latin, and it came from Greek. So as we're studying, we're studying the Old Testament, but the New Testament was written in what? It was written in Greek or in Aramaic. And so hyperbole, and so listen to what it says. It's talking about excess 
or to exceed and to throw. And then it mentioned the devil. So hold that thought. It mentioned the devil. So then we see, so help or save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone. And then we see David says, for the faithful have vanished from among the children of men. Who were the faithful? The unfaithful were the firm, unshaken, and it's one that you can safely lean on. Are there faithful men and women of God in your life? Right? Are there those in your life that, that when you go out that, and you're going through something, you can lean on them, you can lean into them, you can lean into their wisdom, you can lean into what they've been through. As I reminded people this week, and I need to find the equivalent for ladies, but we, and you've heard me preach and teach about this before, but we need, all of us need in our lives a Paul, a Timothy, and a Barnabas. Now why do I say that? A Paul a Timothy, and a Barnabas. Why? What do those mean? In essence, you need someone in your life who is older than you that has gone ahead of you. As I look out in this crowd, there's some white hair in the crowd, amen, so y'all are a little bit older than me, and you've gone before me. And so I need your wisdom. I need, as Miss Elaine said this morning, when you're walking through a valley, hey, honey, let me tell you about what God did with my daughter. Let me tell you about this time that we walked through. So you need that Paul. You need someone who's older. You need someone who has wisdom. Now, just because they're older doesn't mean they have wisdom. Amen? Just, a, wisdom does not come with age, unfortunately, for some folks. But there's wisdom. And so then you need a Timothy, who is coming behind you that you can invest in? That's who, that's who Timothy was to the Apostle Paul. Is it was a younger minister, it was a younger man in the faith that he was pouring into, that he was encouraging, that he was exhorting, that he was teaching, that he was rebuking. Okay? So who is that person that's younger than you? And then, as you know, my main man outside of Jesus in the Bible is Barnabas, who is that encourager in your life? As you're going through trials in your life, who is that person that you can go through that you know whenever you go into their presence or you call them and they pick up on the other end that they're going to listen, but they're also going to encourage you? All right, they're not going to be you even further down, but they're going to encourage you. Paul, Timothy, and Barnabas. So he's talking about the faithful. For the faithful have vanished among the men, the children of man. And then in verse 2, listen, it says, Everyone utters lies to his neighbors. With flattering lips and a double heart they speak. Amen. Does that sound like today? Is the Bible still relative? Is it still relevant? Yes, it is. Because those same things as in David's day are happening today. The King James says, everyone utters vanity. Everyone utters vanity. So everyone utters lies to his neighbor with flattering lips and a deceptive or a double heart they 
speak. I want to invite you, look in front of you this morning, if you never use one, or just so you know it's there, there's an offering envelope. You're going to need that to kind of hold our place, because one of the things I love about studying the Psalms is it's going to take you elsewhere in the Word of God to help you understand that. And we're going to do that this morning. So you won't have to go far. The first place I want us to look is actually in Psalm um, 10, which should be right there, obviously, maybe even on the same page. I want you to look with me into Psalm 10, and we're going to look at verse 7. So we're in this verse talking about everyone utters lies to his neighbor with flattering lips and a double or deceptive heart. They speak. And so in Psalm 10, the psalmist is not ascribed to any one particular one um, in my Bible, but the psalmist says in um, chapter 10, verse 7, he says, His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. You think about that. That's who, that's who David is talking about. Do you know anybody like that? Have you, do you have a neighbor that's like that? Do you have somebody that's crossed your path this past week that's like that? Then I want you to look with me in Psalm 55. So the reason I told you about the offering envelope, use your ribbon in your Bible or something, mark your place, turn over to Psalm 55. 55, and we're going to be in verse 21, a little bit of a Bible drill going on this morning. We'll learn how to navigate and flip the pages of God's Word. So in Psalm 55, um, we see these words in verse 21. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Turn with me, if you will, to the New Testament, to the book of Romans, as Paul is writing to the church at Rome. So go past the, um, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, um, then Acts, then Rome, Romans. And turn to Romans chapter 16, Romans chapter 16. So we're going to connect the Old Testament to the New Testament this morning. As Paul is writing to the church at Rome, he's, he's wrapping up this letter. He's giving them his kind of farewell And in in Romans chapter 16, verse 17 through 20, listen to what he says as he gives them his final instructions. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent and as to what is evil. Listen to verse 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So David noticed this flattery. He noticed these deceptive double hearts. And Paul is noticing it too as he's dealing with the folks that he's ministering to in Rome. It's nothing new. It's nothing new under the sun. But don't you like how he says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Satan is the author of lies, right? He's the author of deceptiveness. 
Then David gets bold. He, he has a strong word that he wants to say in verse 3 back in Psalm 12. We're going back there now, so that's why I told you hold your place. So in Psalm 12, verse 3, he says, May the Lord cut off the flattering lips and the tongue that makes great boast. We'll read verse 4, kind of because it's there together. It's, does, the sentence doesn't necessarily end. Those who say, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are with us. Who is master over us? Well, really quickly, look back at verse 3. He, that is a strong word. May the Lord cut off all the flattering lips. Do you, do you hear, can you hear the, the plea for deliverance that David is giving to the Lord? He's being pretty raw and real, right? He's not saying, oh, now Lord, just you hush him up a little bit. No, cut off their flattering lips. That's a strong word. It's also in these two verses, we see a picture kind of the end times. I'm not going to take time this morning to do this, but in your study Bible, it would probably point you back to Daniel. It's also going to point you to Revelation. And so in the end times, the beast, one of the things about the beast is that the mouth will speak great things. The, the mouth of the beast will speak great things, that they will be haughty and blasphemous words. Right? You see that? So he's making that correlation there. And then, as I was studying, I want to read to you this morning Revelation chapter 22, final chapter there in the Bible. And I want to read one verse, and it's verse 12. And we see it's the book of Revelation. It's not Revelations, but it's the book of Revelation. And so... As, as John is writing this, he sees this, we see these words. And in verse 12, chapter 22, verse 12 of Revelation, we see this. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He's coming soon, friends, and I don't know about you, if you look at the world in which we live today, it is getting darker. Amen? But one of the things about the darkness is, what do we know? That light shines brighter in the darkness. Amen? If I took a candle and and I lit a candle right now, that you, you could see that flame, but it's not going to be very bright, is it? Now, if we come in here at 10 o'clock tonight and all the lights are cut off and that same candle's still burning, you think it, it would illuminate? Sure. Is it going to illuminate this whole building? No. It'll illuminate more than you think it will, right? So light shines brightest in the darkness. In verse 4, we see we will prevail. Who is the master over us? Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like some of the people that you see on social media? Does that sound like some of the people that you see walking around today? Oh, we'll prevail. Who's the master over us? I like what the New Living Translation said. It says this, says, We will lie to our heart's content. Our lips are our own. Who can stop us? Right? I mean, in essence, that's what this verse is saying. And one of the things I want to encourage you, just want to take a quick little detour about translations for a minute. We do have one of our older members here in the church who has a New Living Translation. I honestly like the New Living Translation. 
I won't necessarily preach verbatim for that, but it is written in a more common language. It's written in the language of which we talk. It's a great version, translation to read in your quiet time when you're studying verses. It's a great translation because why? It's written it's not written in the Queen's English. Do you and I write and read and, and talk in the Queen's English today? No. Language changes, and plus we have to go back to the original language anyway. But now I'm, I'm chasing rabbits. But just know this. It, it, it can be helpful. It can be very helpful. And so it does. It just kind of breaks it down a little bit. All right, now let's look at this. Verse 5. He's quoting the Lord. It, there's a shift. See, as you're reading through the Psalms, you, you could just read it, right? And be like, oh, I read chapter I read chapter 12 today. Praise God. I'm going to check that off and move on. No. But when you sit down and when you read and when you slow down and you look, who's talking? Who's he talking to? Wait a second. There's a shift. And so now in the middle of the Psalm, of these eight verses, we find a quote, and it says this, Because the poor are plundered, because the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will place him in the safety for which he longs. There, in essence, lies the title that you saw for today's message in your ability. The safety for which you long. Right here from this verse, in verse 5. In verse 5, as you're in Psalm 12, look back at Psalm 10 again with me, if you will. And I want to read um, a few verses from that. That's funny. I have a verse. It says verse 30. Well, there's no verse 30. Anyway, all right. So look with me. Oh, that's my next point. All right, so verse 10, Psalm 10, 17 and 18. Listen to what he says. Listen to what the psalmist says. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. What a great reminder from the word of the Lord today. Amen? Turn with me to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verse 6. Psalm 34, and we want to look at verse 6. Psalm 34, verse 6 says this. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. But listen, it goes on. And saved him out of all his troubles. Amen? What another great reminder. And I want to encourage you, if you get time this week, go home, go on YouTube, and Google Psalm 34, Shane and Shane. Shane and Shane. I heard this, and we've, I've played it for you one time before. But that's, that's what I love about some of these groups that are doing praise music this day, these days, is they're going back to the Word of God, they're, they're taking it right out of Scripture, and we don't know the tune, right? That's one reason we don't necessarily sing, because what are, we don't have the sheet music, right? But they, and God gives them a vision, He gives them wisdom, because He gives them the gift of being able to play music, and so they sang the song. I just want to... Just listen for just a moment to Psalm 34. I just want to, I want the, the word of God to just let it wash 
over you. Let it wash over your spirit. Let it take root in your hearts. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. What a great verse to talk about on a Sunday morning. Amen. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. Verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Verse 13 and 14. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Verse 18. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. If you don't hear anything else I say this morning, if you came in here and you are brokenhearted, Stay truth on this word. Let it resonate in your soul and in your spirit. The Lord is near to the broken hearted. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them. All. All. Friends, mark up your copy of God's word. Have a copy of your Bible and interact with it. Amen? I have versions that I want to read that I haven't marked up because I want God to show me something different. I want him to show me something new. But when I was studying this and, and my Bible said, go to this verse and uh, here's, a, here's the cross reference. And I just went to Psalm 34. It was like, oh, wow, Lord, I, I got to share that with him. Oh, I got to share that too. Why? Let him bless you all over again. Amen. As you study, be reminded of who God is and what he wants to do in your life. But friends, I cannot leave Psalm 34 this morning without asking you this question. Look with me at verse 11. It says, come, O children, listen to me. Grandparents, grandmama, granddaddy. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Can that be said about you and your relationship with your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren? What are we teaching our children? What are we teaching our children? Let's hurry to Terry on. Y'all going to have to listen a little bit faster than you've been listening thus far, right? So we're going to, we're going to Terry, we're going to hurry along. And so in verse six, we see this. He says, the words of the Lord are pure words, pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. They're pure words. Another translation says they are flawless. They're flawless. The words of the Lord are flawless. They're pure. They're, what else do we know about the word of God and, and the words of the Lord from this particular verse? They're pure. They're refined. They're purified. And then we see here he says purified, not just purified, but purified seven times. Whenever you see numbers in the Bible, they mean something, Right? They mean something. And so seven is the number of completion or perfection. 
Seven is the number of completion, completeness, or perfection. Then we see, I want you to we're, um, turn back with me to Psalm. You're probably in Psalm 12, if not, if you were like me, because I'm all over the place. Um, turn to Psalm 18. Um, wherever, you got, wherever you're at this morning, turn to Psalm 18. And I want you to see two verses that we're talking about. The word of the Lord is pure, that it's flawless. We see these truths in Psalm 18, um, verse 19 and 30. Verse 19 and 30. So, he's saying, He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because He delighted in me. Technically, I was supposed to read that one second. But that's a great truth. He rescued me because He delighted in me. Friends, the Lord delights in you, you were made in his image. You are made in the likeness of God to have a relationship with God. And there's a three-letter word that separates us from that. It's called sin. And so thank God for Jesus that he makes us right with God. It's only through Jesus. It's only through his shed blood. It's only through Jesus hanging on the cross that he took the, the shame. He took the, the penalty of death that was due for you and me. He took that on. And because of that, now we can have a right relationship with him. And we're reminded in Psalm 18 as we study Psalm 12 that he rescued me because he delighted in me. And then we see this. Should have read verse 30 first, but hey, it's not always perfect. Amen. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. I'm not going to take the time this morning. Read Psalm 18 this week. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. If you just read 1 through about 39, you'll be blessed. You'll be, I, there's nuggets. I have notes all in my particular copy that I'm reading from this morning. Read Psalm 18 this week. That's your homework. Read Psalm 18. Let's look at verse 7 and 8. 7 and 8. You, O Lord, will keep them. You'll keep us, in essence. You will guard us from this generation forever. How do we know this? Look back at verse 5. Because the poor are plundered, because the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord, and I will place him in the safety for which he longs. You see that? Verse 8. On every side the wicked prowl. They freely strut as vileness is exalted among the children of man. Is that a picture of 2019? It is. It is a picture of 2019 right here in the Word of God in black and white. Thousands and thousands of years ago when David penned these words, yes, yes, there is vileness exalted. The CSB says that the worthless is exalted. King James says that the vilest men are exalted. Does that sound like today. Does that sound like today? I just want to hunker down on one word in this particular passage for a moment. 
And I want to talk about vileness. And what does it mean to be vile? Why am I doing this? Because it's important. You can't just skip over these things. Because as you study them, you, your heart is... Your heart and your mind see things that, and, and, and things are implanted to help you see God better and clearer. Amen? So what does it mean to be vile? It's morally despicable. It's abhorrent. It's physically repulsive. It's foul. It's not just bad, but it's utterly bad. So I want you to think about this morning, if I asked you this question, is there vileness in America? Yeah. I mean, just really quickly, as I was studying, I wrote down, I said, vileness in America. Abortion. Pornography. Crude language and jokes. Human trafficking? I mean, just this week, friends, I met a man in our community. He and his wife are foster parents. They take children in. And there was a member of our military, a military family. The family and the children were flown here. There was like a four-month-old child and I think a nine-year-old child that were taken because there was abuse and a broken arm on a four-month-old child. Is there vileness around us? Yes. Is there vileness around us? Yes. Yes. So we should go and shine the light of Christ this morning, I, I ask you, and, and I want you to turn your attention to the back of your bulletin. And as we close out this morning, as I, as I say our closing prayer, I leave you with this question, and I want to leave you with a final thought. But the question is, what is one thing you're going to do this week based on what you learned from today's message? Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Whatever it is in these closing moments, write that down. Answer that question. Because you know what's going to happen when you leave here, when you go get in your car? You don't know what's going to happen, right? You don't know what the next phone call is going to bring. You don't know what the next person is going to bring when they walk into your house or they come into your presence. Write it down. Begin to pray about it. But can I remind you, final statement this morning, the safety for which you long for can be found in the Lord. The safety for which you long for can be found in the Lord. How do we know that? Because God tells us that. His word tells us that in verse 5. He says, I will place him in the safety for which he longs. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in His presence and find the safety for which you long. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the psalmist. 
God, I thank you for the example they give us of being raw and real. God, that they just poured out their hearts before you. Thank you for their example. God, help us to be that way. Help us to not hold back, but to just pour out our hearts, our frustration, our anger. Lord, when there's praise, let there be praise. But Lord, when there's frustration, who else could we go to but to you? And so God, I pray that we would just find some time this week, whether it is a praise or whether it is a frustration, that we would just give it to you. God, the safety for which we long for can be found in your presence. Thank you for that reminder this morning. God, thank you for those who gave this morning. They gave so much deodorant for our friends that needed it at United Ministries that we had to get a bigger basket. We had to get a bigger bucket to hold it because they just want to bless other people. So thank you for those that want to give. Now, Father, we gave deodorant to help those in need, but God, we have something even greater to give them. We have Jesus. And so, Father, I pray this coming week that we may be Jesus as we talk, as we walk, as we interact with others. Help us to reflect Jesus. Help us to love like Jesus. Father, I ask that you just help make me more like Jesus. Make each of us more like Jesus as we spend time in your presence. Lord, we thank you and we love you. For it's in your son Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen.